the earth is coming. This is Reverend Billy from the Church of Stop Shopping. The earth is coming and we better be nice. What do we mean by that? Well, being nice is giving. That's what we're going to say in today's show. Being nice is giving, sharing, and not expecting something back necessarily. It's building a community by everybody learning the skill of being nice. And when we learn to do that and become an independent community, of course, we attract the attention of the big old institutions, the armies, the religions, the governments, the corporations. And because they are killing the earth and killing people, they're so weaponized, they're so full of fear, tribalism, because they're dangerous, the big old institutions, well, we'll look around at some of the people that we trust and that we're giving and receiving. We're in the, we're in the nice nation. <laughs> and we'll say, let's get out of here. And we might break into nomadic villages of 50 to 200. When we do that, they'll come after us with drones and armed undercover spies and they'll call us terrorists and unbelievers and all the rest of it. We've seen that before. We won't be consuming anything from them. We'll be free of that kind of violent shopping they like. And we'll go to the earth and the earth gives us the model for this kind of high-powered collectivity I'm talking about here. Because most of evolution is cooperative. Species learning to get along and, and help each other survive. earth let's learn in this half hour. Let's, let's learn to be nice. And I don't know what it is. And I don't know what it is. But a lot, a lot of money buys a lot less. Here's a million bucks for a breath of fresh air. Okay, take a number, the line's over there. And I don't know what it is, but laugh till you cry isn't what it was. Hilarious how very rich the comedian is. He lost all his jokes in the laugh track biz. And I don't know what it is, but here's your God and here's my son. So someone far away gets our democracy.
of my life is flying by yours. The birds of our bodies fly through the hours because you walk by me and I walk by you. Everyone with ever love is walking by too because the air around you breathes like a life. I promise the four walls a kiss goodnight because the hours are hours, our whispers apart. A quiet wildness is a cry of a heart because the time of my life is flying by yours. The birds of Of our bodies fly through the hours because you walk by me and I walk by you. Everyone with ever love is walking by too because the air around you breathes like life. I promise the four walls will kiss goodnight Because hours and hours are whispers apart A quiet wildness is the cry of our heart Because the time of my life is flying by yours The birds of our bodies fly through the hours Because you walk by me and I walk by you Everyone with ever love is walking by too Because the air around you breathes like a life I promise the four walls I kiss goodnight Because hours and hours are whispers apart A quiet wildness is the cry of a heart All right, I'm back here with Javier. Hello. How are you? Hi. Good, to Hi, you. Good to see you. We're talking today about this big gathering of world leaders and so forth at Glasgow, Scotland. It's called the COP26 Climate Conference. All the people from all around the world will come there to discuss climate change. Some of them are going to you know, come from places that have severe droughts and starvation and heat waves and typhoons and wildfires and we have just lost some of our neighbors here in new york oh, yes. i'm going to go there now so i can carry your message if you went there okay and you had a chance to carry what you were worried about what would you say to the people there well that is um i mean there's the opportunity to send a message that's a really good uh chance you know It is, uh, I think we are going through a lot right now, a lot of drastic changes, you know, that you can't avoid it. So what, what we need is big companies, the ones who are really have the resources to, you know, to help and change what is going on right now. It is not only the small as a citizens, but more, I would say, big institutions, big companies, you know. Uh, the ones who are agricultural, I don't know, all the... Industrial agriculture, the uh, big oil companies? Exactly, big oil companies. This is something that cannot be denied by the big companies. I think they will be the ones who have more resources, the ones that are going to be more able to really do a change because we are here just a consumer. We are very small. We can change, yes, we can do that little change. We Can, can you give something up? I mean, we can recycle, I can reuse a bottle, things like that, but that doesn't going to make a big difference than a company that is, you know, 
doing a lot of the deforestation, getting all the water and the oil from the soil. And these companies are the ones who are supposed to be are the ones, you know, doing the big change. Oh my God, the big change. Javier, thank you so much. You went right to it. Big change. Javier preaches to us. Thank you. Welcome. <laughs>
on what they can do to prevent um, these catastrophic happenings um, to the people because they're not paying for it. You know, there's no real aid, you know, and even with insurance, there is a certain amount of responsibility that the government has to own. Okay, there's a certain amount of responsibility the government must take ownership for, but they don't really care about the regular people because their pockets are fat. And here's the Reverend again. I just want to thank Javier, Marjorie, and Jeanette for offering up their opinions there on the street. That is nice nation. <laughs> they were open and trusting. Let's put this in context. They had two people walking up to them and kind of aiming a microphone at their face and smiling and what's this all about? Even by the standards of New York City's eccentric population, we were a bit of an imposing threat. <laughs> Uh, Teodros uh, with his camera and uh, me with the uh, pink priestly vestments and big hair. We just said, you want to talk about climate change with us? We're going to COP26. And they offered, you could hear in their voices, just um, with, with no warning, with no preparation. They did what they could. They they. They just let their soul speak. And I just want to say how grateful we are to the three of them. They didn't ask what we were going to do with the footage. You know, I'm, I'm dressed like a TV preacher. Are you from Fox News? And they never said that. They just, uh, they just offered up something that I'd like to talk about, expand on, after the news from the natural world, coming to the end of the first part of the Earth service today. I'd like to expand on what that the complexity, the importance, even to protest, even to those of us who traditionally come from a place of confrontation, risking arrest, trying to stop the poisoning of the earth um, by oil companies, big banks, and chemical companies, and so forth. Even, even for us, there's something very powerful coming to us. Ultimately, it is a gift from the earth. When you think about it, being nice. Kurt Vonnegut always said, for God's sake, be kind. Hello. Welcome to News from the Natural World. I'm Savitri D. Wildfire smoke causes more than 33,000 deaths a year across 43 countries, according to a new global study the most comprehensive assessment to date of global wildfire mortality. The findings come as the smoke from yet another season of record-breaking wildfires in the northern hemisphere impacts air quality hundreds of miles away from burn areas. Short-term exposure caused on average 33,150 deaths a year in the countries looked at in the study, with an estimated 6,993 cardiovascular deaths and 3,503 respiratory-related deaths a year. Of the countries studied, Guatemala had the highest proportion of estimated deaths from wildfire smoke, followed by Thailand and Paraguay. The authors note that the study is not a comprehensive look at global mortality. 
For example, although wildfires have burned more than 40 million acres in Siberia this summer, no Russian cities were included in the study. Wild relatives of some of the world's most important crops, including potatoes, avocados, and vanilla, are threatened with extinction. Vanilla, an orchid native to South and Central America, is facing the highest risk of extinction, with all eight wild species found in the region listed as endangered or critically endangered. Wild cotton is the second most threatened, with 92% of species at risk of disappearing. Three in five avocado species are at risk, while 23% of wild potato species are facing extinction. Wild bean, squash, chili pepper, and husk tomato species were also featured in the study, which found 35% of all species studied are threatened with extinction, largely due to agriculture and pesticide use. The oil spill that left a smear of crude approximately 11 miles long in the Gulf of Mexico is one of more than 2,000 reports of pollution and contamination in the waterways off the coast of Louisiana after Hurricane Ida. The Category 4 storm made landfall in Port Fourchon, one of the hubs for servicing the deepwater oil industry in the Gulf. The Coast Guard is responding with personnel on boats, airplanes, and on land, conducting mass amounts of assessments to triage the environmental effects. Louisiana environmental officials also say that dozens of birds have been found coated with oil near the site of a flooded refinery, and some will not survive. The world's largest facility dedicated to removing carbon dioxide from the atmosphere has come online in Iceland, a major milestone for the nascent direct air capture industry. The landmark facility is expected to pull 4,000 metric tons of carbon dioxide from the air annually and store it permanently underground. The plant is named Orca, which means energy in Icelandic, and is roughly 20 miles southeast of the capital Reykjavik. If it works as planned, the plant would increase the world's direct air capture capacity by more than 40% to 13,000 metric tons. That is less than 1% of the annual emissions of a single coal-fired power plant. The IPCC has estimated that to avoid the worst impacts of global warming, the world needs to remove 100 billion to 1 trillion tons of carbon from the atmosphere by the end of the century. Several important tuna species have stepped back from the edge of extinction. Two bluefin species, a yellowfin and an albacore, are no longer critically endangered or have moved off the leading international list of endangered species entirely. The unexpectedly fast recovery speaks to the success of efforts over the past decade to end overfishing. Researchers caution that many other marine species remain imperiled. More than a third of the world's sharks and rays remain threatened with extinction due to overfishing, habitat loss, and climate change. More than 1,200 dead reindeer have been found scattered on the riverbanks in Katanga, a small town in Russia's far northern Tamir Peninsula. The biggest share of the dead animals were calves, many of them only a few weeks old. The number of wild reindeer has over the last year dropped significantly in several North Russian regions, and the animal could ultimately end up on the list of endangered species. A large flock of migrating animals crossed the two-kilometer-wide river. Local sources told journalists that poachers had fired shots at the herd and consequently were to blame for the mass death. Several of the dead animals reportedly had bullet wounds. But poaching was not the only reason for the mass death along the Katanga. The crossing of the big river is among the most risky parts on the migratory route of the wild reindeer. The problem has been aggravated over the last years as the flocks have started migrating far earlier than before. This year, the animals set out from the inland pasturelands to the coastal areas about three weeks earlier than normal. 
which is highly risky for the reindeer calves, many of which have been born only a few weeks earlier. There is some evidence that birds dodge storms because they are able to hear them from a great distance and migrate away, often in groups. In a 2014 study, scientists tracking golden-winged warblers in the central and southeastern U.S. recorded what's known as an evacuation migration, when the birds flew up to 1,500 kilometers to evade an outbreak of tornadoes that ultimately killed 35 people and caused more than $1 billion in damage. The birds fled at least 24 hours before any foul weather hit, leaving the scientists to deduce that they had heard the storm system from more than 400 kilometers away. Some scientists believe they can use these evacuation migration patterns to predict tsunamis and any event that generates infrasound. Infrasound is the low-frequency sound inaudible to humans that the researchers believe is the most likely signal birds would use to sense storms and tsunamis. Infrasound has myriad sources, from lightning strikes and jet engines to the song-like vocalizations of rhinoceroses. Even the Earth itself generates a continuous infrasonic hum. Though rarely measured, it is known that tsunamis generate infrasound too, and that these sound waves travel faster than the tsunami wave, offering a potential window to detect a tsunami before it hits. Using environmental DNA scans of Appalachian streams, researchers found that the effects of mountaintop coal mining in West Virginia are even more widespread than previously reported. Streams from heavily mined watersheds harbor 40% fewer species than streams with cleaner water. That lost biodiversity includes fish, macroinvertebrates such as insects, clams, and crustaceans, algae, fungi, bacteria, unicellular organisms called protists, and much more. It is very clear that it isn't just the particularly sensitive species that are being affected. The Appalachian watersheds are the most biodiverse region in the United States. Tree roots can squeeze water from rocks, and they're doing it more frequently than scientists previously thought, with a new study finding that bedrock is a regular source of water for trees across the United States. The discovery led by researchers with the University of Texas at Austin overturns long-held assumptions about where trees get their water and is leading to new ideas about how forest ecosystems function. It also demonstrates the necessity of accounting for rock moisture, the water clinging to cracks and pores in underground rocks when making predictions about how forests will respond to climate change. With droughts intensifying, bedrock could be as key to understanding our forests as soils. Thousands of dead rats have washed up on the shores of New York City's beaches, a grim outcome of the floods brought by Tropical Storm Ida. Experts believe that hundreds of thousands of rats may have perished in the deluge, amounting to one of the largest vermin depopulation events in decades. With this particular storm, any rats that were in the sewers were either crushed by the current or were swept out into the rivers, said Bobby Corrigan, a longtime pest control expert and former rodentologist for the New York City Department of Health. I can't imagine they would have survived, he said. While there are no reliable counts of New York City's rats, estimates typically start in the many millions. A significant portion live in the subways and sewers, both of which were swiftly inundated during last week's historic rainfall. And now, the sounds of extinction. Listener, open your window. And listen to the sounds. of what is there 
and what is not there. are throwing the same judgmental inquisition at the earth that we have thrown at Trumpers and Sturgis super spreaders and everybody's flaming everybody right now. That's the kind of cultural bottom line. The meteorologists talk about Hurricane Ida like Ida is a criminal an out-of-control juvenile delinquent with some kind of super weapon. And now, final word from the Earth Church. I'm Reverend Billy. Here we go. Being nice. There's that phrase, make nice, isn't there? Make nice. But that's kind of like putting on a face. That's fake. We're talking about deep nice. We're talking about kindness that is not framed and packaged and separate. It's not a, a Hallmark card on a shelf. It's a way of life. Che Guevara said, excuse me, a revolutionary loves. Emma Goldman said, love is the defier of laws, the molder of destiny. So talking about deep nice, <laughs> I never made up that phrase before. That's the, This is the arrival of that phrase in the church. I wonder if it's going to survive. Deep, nice. That's, that's where love is not imprisoned, but love comes out into anger and all the way into our protests. And I would say that's what, when I saw a grandmother in Michigan handcuff herself to a bulldozer that was putting in a pipeline, and she smiled at me. That's love going all the way to protest, and it makes the protest stronger. People who protest and have just that monochromatic anger on their faces and in their bodies, they're just that one-note anger. Oh, God bless them. I'm not criticizing any protester who's trying to save the earth right now. I, I think I made a mistake there. I just apologize. But I'm saying that if love is in the protest, if we have some love in us, oh, it's going to be hard for some of you to hear this. If we have some love in us, we have more power with the police. We are more creative. We think of something to say, a look to give, a reference to make. Our children are alive. Our nieces and nephews are alive in us. They have that innocent love that is powerful. We bring that earth love into the new kind of activism that we now have to make. We, we need a new kind of activism. When we go to COP26, that's why we're going there. We know it's the 11th hour. It's after the 11th hour. The earth is telling us that. Hurricane Idas told us that. We have, to, we have to have a new kind of activism that does communicate in a much more incisive, precision, deep, general, loving way. Think of the best sex. Think of the best communion. Think of the happiness that you've that you've really loved in your life. Think of the best memories. Think of your mother, think of your lover, think of your children. Think, think of the earth coming to us, communicating 
with the unfolding of a flower. We have morning glories right now in front of our house. Purple morning glories. Unbelievable. Yes, and we have a killer hurricane. The earth is reaching us to, out to us right now in every way that it can. Call that love. Because it's going to give us the ability to rise to the intelligence level on which the earth operates. We have all these different kinds of intelligences that we're, we're identifying now. You know, we get the honeybee, we got the, the porpoises and the whales, we got the chimpanzees. That's been a long, that was our first one we ever figured out. Octopuses don't have a brain, but their entire body is thinking all the time. They have distributed intelligence. All those different kinds of intelligence. The earth is the whole thing. Earthalluya. The earth is all of the above. The earth has love. The earth is being nice. All right. Let's thank the earth. Let's thank all the people that have represented justice. Earth justice. Thank you. Thank you, everybody. Hallelujah. Earth-a-lujah. Earth-a-lujah.